Do you want to do what we do? Literally this, podcasting, editing audio on your own time, making fun little episodes about your favorite topics? Well, we can help you out. Sound Studio 4 is an app for Mac that lets you record music, create sound effects, digitize old records and tapes, or even create your own podcast, like George said. Just don't make it about sound. We're kind of already doing that. And it's pretty okay. <laughs> sound Studio 4 is the latest version of their software. It's been around since 1999, and this current version has bells and whistles to help make whatever audio project you want. Find Sound Studio 4 in the Mac App Store or at felttip.com slash SS. SS for Sound Studio. Yeah, I think that's obvious. Ignition sequence start. Everything. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm George Drake Jr. And I'm Craig Shank. This is Everything Sounds. The London Philharmonic Orchestra is one of the most recognized orchestras in the world. And you don't really need to look that hard to find their fingerprint somewhere. Aside from their work in London, they were the principal musicians behind the scores for Philadelphia, Lawrence of Arabia, and the Lord of the Rings film series. The LPO has also appeared on a number of albums for musicians like Chick Corea and Oasis. And not only that, during the opening ceremonies for the 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games, they recorded every single national anthem that played as each country walked out. That's right, all 205 of them. One thing that they've had a lot of fun with recently is taking notable songs from the recent past and covering them for people to enjoy in a not-so-digital way. Since 2011, they've released two albums that they call the greatest video game music. Aside from Mario, they recorded the Halo theme. And something that pretty much everyone will recognize if they had a Game Boy or any system after that. Tetris. My personal favorite sounds like it could be a part of the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. Was it, uh, was it John Williams that did that one? I don't think it was. I think it was actually Hans Zimmer that had a hand in it. Uh, I, I was so sure it was John Williams. <laughs> That's because it usually is John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not from Pirates. It's actually the theme to Zelda. They brought it even closer to the present day with their only smartphone game song, the theme to, what else? Angry Birds. It's fairly obvious that in the past, the music of video games and their sound effects are often made to be recognizable and unmistakably from that specific game. But there's a recent release that's trying something new. The music and some of the effects are supposed to be 
kind of a wash in a sense. To learn more about the game, we spoke to two of the people behind it. We had to talk over Skype because they're in Denmark. Nevin Aranda was the sound designer. Hi. And Thomas Ryder, who... Um, can you hold on for a second? Because uh, Thomas is just... Um, he'll be back in a second. All right, I guess we have to wait. <clears throat> well, since we're already here, you want to hear an audio nerd joke? Do I really have a choice? No. Okay. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Foley guy. Foley guy who? Ding dong. Uh, wait, was that it? That's... <laughs> That's the whole joke, yes. Is that even a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Oh, hey, Thomas is back. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> I'm here, yeah. Thank goodness. So, like I was saying, Nevin was the sound designer for the game we're talking about, and Thomas Ryder, he was the game designer, musician, and graphics artist all wrapped up into one. The game was originally made for iPhones and iPads, although now it's available for Androids. Unlike most other smartphone games, it doesn't require any shooting, shaking, or matching of colors. It's what's called a point-and-click adventure game. It's kind of like being a character in a living puzzle, or one of those escape-the-room games. Well, um, The Silent Age is a point-and-click adventure that uh, takes place in the, the 70s, 1972 to be precise. And it's a, a very atmospheric uh, adventure game uh, with a lot of focus on sound and graphics. It started out one day when Thomas was on a flight. He downloaded one of those point-and-click adventure games, but after 30 minutes, he found himself stuck. 30 minutes into a four-hour plane ride. Nowhere to go. So I thought... I, I, I would really like to do uh, a point-and-click adventure, you know, for the iPad. That was would be so casual and easy that you would be able to bring it on board a plane and not having to go to a walkthrough in order to complete it. That's how the Silent Age started. He had this concept in mind for how the game would be played, but what he really needed was a story. As Thomas said, it's initially set in 1972, and it doesn't follow the story of a hero or anything. The protagonist is just your average guy, with a red jumpsuit and a mustache. And it's about Joe, a janitor in a huge governmental office building. One day at work, he's told by his boss to go to the building's basement. But this is all surrounding very mysterious circumstances. Uh, he's taken over the job from his colleague who has mysteriously uh, disappeared. He's in the basement after following clues and solving small puzzles to get to a specific room, and he finds a dying old man. Uh, who hands him a time machine. Kind of looks like a flying saucer with a green button on top. And asks him to meet him in the future. So Joe's armed with this time machine, and he encounters different areas and buildings that he needs to escape from, and all of this is while going back and forth between time. And it's while he's going back and forth that he realizes something strange has happened to the world. As he enters the, the future, he finds out that all mankind has vanished, and he tries to find out how that happened. And that's where the story picks up. 
Joe the janitor and his time machine trying to save the world. It sounds simple enough, but there's more to it. For instance, we've described how it unfolds, but it comes to you in two parts. So far, only the Silent Age Episode 1 has been released. The second episode, it's not even finished yet. They didn't initially plan to go with this episodic structure. Thomas and his team spent almost two years in production and started to stress out about it. They hadn't released a game like this before, and they didn't know what the public's response would be. They had to ask themselves, would all of this work and money they were putting into the project actually be worth it? So we kind of thought, how about just releasing half of the game and then see what are the reactions to the game? And maybe we can get... uh, some investors on board or something like that or get some funding for the game and also you know when when you haven't released anything you don't know is it is it worth continuing so um that's why we did it like that craig i want to go back for a minute and talk about what we think is probably the coolest concept to the game the instant time travel. Yes. Time travel is most often known like it is in Back to the Future. The DeLorean gets up to 88 miles an hour, and then they zoom right through time. Right, but it's not like that. There's no wormhole or flaming tire tracks. One minute, Joe is in 1972, and the next, poof, instantly, he is standing in 2012. The concept came from something that Thomas likes to call urban exploration which is uh, when you go to uh, abandoned houses and take pictures. And, and once I was in, in, a, in an abandoned house, I thought it would be really cool to just travel 20 years back in time and see how this place looked before it was abandoned. And then, then I, that kind of spawned the idea of having a instant time travel. And not surprisingly, the time travel was not only the coolest concept of the game, but it also provided the most stunning sound to the game. Thank you, I made that sound. Thomas spent two days making it, but when you think about it, that sound is probably the most important of them all. It's what the entire game pivots on. It's like a cinematic boom at the very bottom of it, and then there's a bass, then there's like some some weird sound that I I, I spent half a day doing that's just this or something like that. He made it in a program called Reason. So if you know its effects, you may have a clear picture of what he's talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that you don't. So here you go. Joe is standing in a courtyard next to a motorcycle. It's raining in 1972. Then he jumps ahead to 2012. Without clearly knowing what instant time travel would sound like really opens a lot of doors for your own interpretation, but based upon my own assumptions, I think Thomas pretty much hit it right on the head. That time travel sound is really the only one that could be manipulated in any kind of substantial way. For instance, when taking the environments of the game into consideration, they can't stray too far away from the way that things already sound in reality. An office building, a basement, the outdoors, even the decades don't really allow for much wiggle room. 1972 and 2012 have already happened. We know the sounds of those years. Unlike times in the future or distant past, they can't really 
tread too far away from the literal sounds of those times. That's where Nevin came in. Yes, actually, I recorded a lot of the sounds at the place where we had the office. Their building was built in the 70s, so it was perfect. So, very like a rough place and there's also a very long corridors and in the evenings when I was there alone, there's also a lot of like weird noise from server rooms or just people walking around the building or playing some music. So, and there was the elevators and the doors and all sorts of interesting foley stuff that I could do. So she went around the building after hours and gathered sounds for the game, recording them at a high sample rate. And the best way to define sample rate is to think of it like this. Think of samples in sound like pixels in an image. The more of them that there are, the clearer your image or sound. Yeah, so I played it back at a lower sample rate, and that gave the sound a kind of... Um, it, it gave the sound a different timbre. It, it sounded more, more dark, in a way. Obviously, much of the effort in putting the game together was in sound. But when you first start playing, something may seem a little off. You're this character walking and running around in echoey corridors and up and down stairs, but yet there aren't any footsteps. This actually wasn't an oversight. I just thought that it would be a really annoying thing if you heard his footsteps all the time. That was one thing. And another thing was also that it wouldn't add anything to the gameplay experience because the most important thing in the game is like that you kind of identify yourself with this lonely world that Joe lives in. In fact, most of the sound design in the Silent Age is supposed to go unnoticed. Like Nevin just explained, the footsteps would be too noticeable, and that's the reason why they were left out. There are some ceiling fans in the game which make noise, but they're almost too faint to hear. They even included some sounds to help with the ambience of different spaces, but you probably won't hear those either. Usually in the bottom of, of, the, of the games, the levels, there's like uh, deep sounds and, and in the very top there's very uh, kind of um, high-pitched sounds. And, and I don't think anyone will ever notice, but those are kind of invisible little touches that we've done, I think. Thomas mentioned that most of the games for smartphones or tablets don't invest much time or effort into sound design. Just consider what the sound plays out of, there's really no point. But Thomas thought it would be interesting to make a game that had a strong sound element. And the sound element is so important in the silent age that the first thing that the game tells you to do when you start it up is wear your headphones. Now Thomas and Nevin won't be mad if you don't. But they think you really should. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's really a shame because we put so much energy into it and it's such a great part of the experience. It's almost like watching a movie without having sound on it. So, yeah, wear headphones. This is going to be a great audio experience.
You can find out more about The Silent Age and its production company House on Fire, as well as see an Episode 1 trailer and the first gameplay stills from Episode 2 at our website, everythingsounds.org. If you want to help us out with Everything Sounds, the easiest thing that you can do is write a review on iTunes. Just by saying a few words on our page, it helps us move up in their podcast rankings, and that in turn gives us more exposure. Find a link to do that at our website as well. Everything Sounds is a part of the Mule Radio Syndicate. You can hear us alongside other shows like The New Disruptors, Impolite Company, and The Shakes. Find out more about our Mule family at muleradio.net. Today's episode was sponsored by Sound Studio 4 by Felt Tip Inc. Sound Studio 4 for the Mac lets you record audio, create podcasts, digitize tapes and records, and create sound effects for your own projects. Information on all of the features is at felttip.com ss or in the Mac App Store. Again, that's Sound Studio 4 for Mac. All of the music used in today's show are part of the Silent Age game, and actually the last two songs haven't ever been heard by the public before. They're a preview of the new music from Episode 2. There's not a release date scheduled for Episode 2 yet, but not surprisingly, that's a part of their plan. We're not going to, uh, to say anything about any deadlines. We, we want the game to be released when it's awesome and when it's really great, and if we set our minds on a deadline and people start expecting the game to be released, then maybe later we will have to make a, the, the game a worse quality uh, in order to make that deadline. And we're not interested in that. At the end of our conversation, Nevin told us that she will no longer be part of House on Fire and she won't be working on episode two of The Silent Age. She said that she'll be working on other projects and Craig and I wish her all of the best of luck with those projects in the future. Until next time, thanks for listening to Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. <laughs>